Hello and welcome to Intrepid Times, your home for narrative travel writing with heart. I'm Nathan Thomas, and alongside my co-host Jennifer Roberts, we take you behind the scenes of some of our most popular travel stories, get you to meet travel writers, and help you discover how you can share your own travel stories with the world. Hello and welcome back to Intrepid Times, the travel writing podcast. And thank you all so much for joining us. You know, we've only really started making the podcast a regular thing uh, in the last few months, publishing every second Friday, and we'll be keeping up that schedule. Uh, if anything, becoming more frequent, but certainly for the next few months, every second Friday. Uh, for as long as we can keep this going, we have some amazing guests, some travel writers, and also, I, I guess, people who wouldn't identify as travel writers, but write travel stories and have huge audiences and, and keep things very interesting. So some amazing stuff coming in 2024. But today, we're not so much going to be looking forward as looking back, looking back on the year that soon to be was uh, 2023. I think by the time this comes out, 2023 will be in the past. And what happened in the world of travel writing this year on Intrepid Times and beyond it? How did we as enthusiasts and practitioners and consumers of the genre feel? What did we do? What trends did we notice? And how was this different than what came before? Jennifer, not to put you too much on the spot, but what's if there was one kind of theme or idea or just a pattern that you noticed having read hundreds, if not thousands of submissions and published many pieces and written a few yourself, was there some kind of commonality you noticed of the travel writing world that was 2023? Uh, yeah, I mean, you're putting me on the spot a little bit. But uh, yeah, if I had to nail something down, I mean, the the one word that kind of comes to mind is, you know, reflection. And you and I have discussed this a little bit. But I think that 2023 was particularly interesting, because, you know, we're coming off the back of you know, a really difficult moment for travel writing where people, you know, weren't able to travel for, for several years. And, you know, this year felt like people wanted to really jump back in. And I think that it was just a natural thing for people to begin to reflect really deeply on their past travel experiences, their current travel experiences. You know, we spent a couple of years, you know, having to think about what travel meant to us and how travel affects us and the role that it plays in our lives and why it's so important to us. And I feel like I saw that stick around, you know, that really became kind of a central part of a lot of the stories that we were seeing where people were keeping this kind of mode of reflection. You know, we got a lot of factual travel narratives, you know, the things we like to see, you know, really descriptive, you know, full of really wonderful imagery, but they're was a kind of consistent undercurrent of, you know, personal reflection, you know, more so than I think that we saw in the past. I don't know if you agree. I mean, you've definitely read through a great many of the the stories that come through the inbox. Is that something you noticed as well? Yeah, I, I agree. People really searched for something. So I find it interesting just to to sweep back because when unless we have a competition on or a particular series, normally for our standard pieces that are published every Wednesday, we don't apply a particular filter to them. It's just whatever moves us, whatever leaps out in the inbox. And looking back is maybe the only time that we can 
distilled patterns. I mean, they may be not they're consciously there when we publish them, but with the benefit of hindsight, I'm seeing so much solo travel, so many people just getting out there and doing it. And a lot of identity stuff, people really looking back on romances, on traveling back to countries where they have family history, perhaps they were born somewhere and they go back there and they look about the, the language of their grandparents, which they maybe can only speak a little bit. So people really, I think, took the opportunity to go or made the opportunity, even if it wasn't there, like, I'm just going to go and I'm going to learn something about myself. So yeah, reflection, uh, a search for something and no excuses. People, if they couldn't convince their families to go along with them or, or their friends, they just got on the train or, or on the bus. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking about the story that won our soundtrack of travel writing competition. You know, that story was beautifully written. Obviously, it won the competition for a reason. There's a lot of really wonderful description. You know, it takes place on an island. They definitely nailed the, you know, kind of tropical island feel. But a great deal of the story arc in that story was based on, you know, a kind of personal transformation, you know, kind of coming to terms with, you know, limitations and identity. And I think that that's, you know, just a really great example of the kinds of story arcs that we tended to see in 2023, where, you know, it's all based on travel, it's all based on, you know, being in a place and having an experience. But a lot of it is built around how did this change me? And, you know, another thing about that story was that was a travel experience that I think she had, you know, eight or nine years ago. I mean, it was something that she really had to think back on, which I think is something we learned to do during those years when we couldn't travel, where we didn't have current travel experiences to build stories on. So we had to think back to past travel experiences and, you know, dig into our memories or pull out old photos and try to remember what those experiences were like and build the story from there. So we're still seeing some of that too, where, you know, people are definitely getting out there. Like you said, people are, you know, no excuses. I'm just going to go, I'm going to do it. I'm going to have this travel experiences. And we're seeing a lot of stories coming from that. But I do also see still people, you know, harvesting stories from, you know, past travel experiences, you know, things that happened 5, 10, 15 years ago. We've seen things from as far back as, you know, 50 years ago. Um, you know, people, I think really, now they, it was a skill people had to learn. It wasn't something that necessarily we saw much of before, but that's definitely still a thing. Yeah. And, and just so for folks who want to read along uh, that, Soundtrack of Travel winner was Sitting, Waiting, Wishing by Tiffany Connolly. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? So, I mean, we've been doing this for a while now. And as I think back on, obviously, 2020 was the, the year that was dominated by the pandemic. It, we were all just trying to figure it out. 2021, it was still very much headline news. 2022, we, I think, tried to think about it as little as possible. And 2023, I, I don't think it came up a lot, but the skills that we were forced to learn, as you say, to, to reflect, to relive past travel experiences and to take with us travels, even when we're, we're not having them in the moment, and to just really understand on a deeper level how it hits us when we travel and how that can resonate with you years later that seemed to be maybe below the surface in a lot of these stories. And maybe it will take a few more years to really understand the impact that these lockdowns, this period of 
when travel was impossible, virtually impossible, has on the genre as a whole. But I, I think if it makes folks more reflective and to understand that a travel experience you have that lasts a week doesn't actually last a week, it lasts forever. You, you always take it with you and you might for five years hence be moved to write about it. That's kind of a, a good silver lining. I agree. And I wanted to ask, you know, I feel like it would have been natural. And I, I'm not sure if I have a, an answer for this, but I want to get your thoughts. Did you notice in 2023 that the stories included more interactions? Because, you know, I think it would have been natural to come off of, you know, these couple of years where people couldn't travel, they couldn't, you know, interact with people to then in their travel experiences, want to interact more, you know, converse more with locals have more local experiences, you know, find more friends in the places they're traveling to. Because like you said, we have seen a lot of stories coming out of solo travel, but it doesn't mean that you're traveling, you know, in a vacuum. Um, I don't know if you've noticed anything along those lines. Yeah, great question. I mean, the stories that I'm just kind of just sweeping through are the 2023 one. And there are so many conversations that happen I'm just like the two that are in front of me, this randomly one is from August, um, the Silicon Step by Tom Brown and one uh, from a week earlier, What's in a Trail Name by Harry Cunningham. They're both about conversations. And the first one, it's Tom speaking to people that he meets in Ulaanbaatar in Mongolia. And in the second, it's Harry recounting the kind of random conversations that happen when you're on a long hike with various hikers you, you find along the way. And they're both stories about interaction, about meeting people and about conversations by solo travelers, folks who set out alone. So yeah, I think just from that random, very random sample size, but just from my overall impression, I think that's a, that's a good take. I think it's interesting what you said about how we're seeing a lot of stories from people who did solo travel. And, you know, you definitely mentioned, you know, this kind of no excuses feeling or people are just like, I'm going to go travel. I'm going to go do it. I am a little bit surprised that people chose to travel alone, I think, um, because I feel like a lot of people were kind of forced to be alone <laughs> for a couple of years. I mean, it could just be, you know, this this idea that, you know, they didn't have anywhere else to go with and they're going to travel. They're going to go ahead and do it. But yeah, I'm wondering if maybe in 2024, we'll see people trying to travel with friends or with family more. I don't know. It's an interesting, maybe people just got used to being by themselves. <laughs> I, I don't know. I find solo travel can be simpler to write about. I and mean, you have to, if you're traveling, because many of the great travel stories are, you know, when people sit out in a group and the people that you travel with become characters, often the writers make fun of them um, uh, and as you go. But that requires a different level of skill to write about in a way doesn't it i mean I, you, you had a really interesting conversation with this with tim hannigan about this and he puts it in his book the travel writing tribe too about how the writer can contrive to keep other people out of the scene uh if they want to i mean there's that whole thing about travelers male travel writers erasing their wives from the narrative and or only just confessing uh that they were there you know obliquely but yeah, I wonder if just in general, it is the solo travel stories that tend to result in the articles because people are more reflective and also because it's just a cleaner result to write about. What do you, what do you think? 
Yeah, I do. I agree that I think it is easier perhaps to write about solo travel experiences. You know, building somebody else into your narrative can be a little bit tricky because it does tend to change the perspective of the story in some ways. You know, if you're going to include somebody, they kind of have to be important to the story, which we've talked a lot about. But, you know, I'm thinking about the stories that we saw, you know, we just ran our travel writer transformation course and you know, the participants had to write stories. And, you know, in those stories, a great many of them included travel companions. So, you know, it was kind of an exception to this rule that we're talking about where we did see, you know, one of the stories was about somebody traveling with friends and, you know, meeting a kind of stranger who kind of impedes on the group. And so there is this sense of, you know, group travel, friend travel, but it definitely wasn't, I think, the norm in 2023. Um, yeah, maybe we're just, we're, focusing more on solo travel. And so we're seeing that pattern. But I do agree. I think that it does tend to be the rule that writing about yourself and a travel experience is much cleaner. I mean, your most recently published story in Intrepid Times uh, about your trip to Yerevan, I mean, you were with a friend and that story worked out quite well um, because you included him as a way to explain things you know you went to a, a football match you know he's kind of part of that world and you're not and so the way that you used him to get across ideas that you wouldn't have really had much idea about and you focused more on the culture around football and you know he's focused more on the game and the teams and so that played really well so there is definitely a way to do it we're definitely seeing it um it's just i think it happens more that people don't do it yeah it was an interesting one actually because the, the friend who i traveled with he's a a journalist and an author. He writes in Dutch for a big, one of the biggest Dutch newspapers. And uh, he published a story on the trip as well. And I wasn't in there. <laughs> it was just about, um, it was about, you know, more literally about the, the football. And he met um, you know, the various football players and told their stories. So there was no point uh, having me there. But yeah, it's just interesting that as a, I suppose for aspiring writers or budding writers listening to this, that who you put in the story, and we speak about this a lot in masterclasses and the courses, but you don't need to actually just present a catalog of every human being who was with you or who you interacted with. If someone is going to be included in your story, especially for short form, uh, you need to be very deliberate about why you're doing that. And yet for my Armenia piece, it made sense because I was somewhere that I would never have been uh, specifically at a sport event <laughs> if it wasn't for the fact that I, I was traveling with this uh, friend of mine who is a sports journalist and had to be there. And he obviously had to be there to write about the, the sport event. In my presence, there was irrelevant to the story that he was telling, whereas his presence was kind of pivotal to the story that I was telling. So the resulting two quite different stories about the same event makes sense. Yeah, that's really interesting. I actually just spoke with uh, Mary Novakovic uh, for the podcast. That episode will be up by the time this uh, episode is published. Um, so I definitely encourage people to listen to that episode because we actually, there is a part of that conversation where we talk about how the people that you travel with can change the way you experience a place. You know, Mary published a book last year, uh, My Family and Other Enemies, and the people she travels with feature very heavily in her book. You know, it's definitely not a solo travel book. Um, and so we had a really interesting bit of conversation about those characters. You know, one of them is her mother. The other one is her husband. Um, she travels a lot to see family and friends. You know, how that shapes the experience of a place and the way that readers experience a place. 
Um, so if people are interested in, in hearing a little bit more about this idea, I definitely encourage them to listen to that episode. What about in your experience? I know you've done a lot of solo travel, like you moved to Thailand alone. I think recently your travels have been with mostly with your partner. Um, I've also recently mostly traveled either with a friend or, or with my wife, but I used to travel alone a lot. And I think there, the experience is very different. I mean, it's, I find when you're alone, you do feel the, there's no kind of layer or barrier between you and the place. Whereas in my experience, anyway, I wonder if it's the same with you, if you travel with someone, you're constantly kind of aware of them and their energy. And you sort of see it through their eyes or how you imagine it to be through their eyes as well as through your own. So I'm not saying one is better or worse, but even just the idea of sitting in a train, whether you're alone in this train in a strange country or whether you're in this train in a strange country with your partner or with a friend or with a group, that your just relationship to your surroundings is so very different. Is that the same for you? Oh, I completely agree. Yeah, I mean, with your, when you're traveling with somebody, there is a kind of obligation to try to understand their experience alongside your own experience. And of course, each experience is going to impact the other. But there is, there's a kind of distance that's created when you're traveling with somebody else. And not necessarily a personal distance, but it's a different a distance, like you mentioned, with the place, with the experience that you're filtering it through through your perspective, but also through the perspective of somebody else, particularly if it's somebody you're particularly close with, like a partner or a parent or a sibling. But there's, you know, there's another level of just the way that you have to think about how to get through particular travel experiences when you're by yourself and when you're with other people. Um, it's something I think I miss, um, you know, traveling by myself sometimes. You know, I love traveling with my partner. I love traveling. I had a trip last year with my mom and my sister that I really enjoyed. You know, traveling with other people has some amazing benefits. You know, sharing joyful or difficult moments with another person can be really rewarding. And it can be really rewarding to write about them. You know, I've written a lot of stories that include my partner. And, you know, I've really enjoyed writing those. They tend to be very good stories. I'm always very happy with them. But it is, it is a very different thing than writing stories about solo travel. Yeah, one of my favorites is, is kind of the best of both worlds is, I know if I'm traveling with, with my wife and I remember this couple of experiences like this in Italy or in India for different uh, places and that she would sleep in a little bit longer than me or she'd be tired one afternoon and just take the afternoon off and I would go out alone and sit in some cafe somewhere. And you have that moment alone in the place, but also you have their company to return to but I, I think part of being alone too is that when you are doing a proper full-on trip by yourself there's that almost like choose your own adventure element of it where you can just craft the experience and you don't you're going to discover something and it's all just I think feel your tolerance for discomfort is higher because you're not worried about someone else you don't have to do the emotional work of just being a nice person which can be hard <laughs> if it's 5 a.m you can just sort of indulge in the experience and of course traveling with company has all sorts of wonderful benefits and, and upsides as well I, I wonder if it's easier to write about solo travel because you only have one perspective to deal with and you can kind of indulge in the story a little bit more freely without worrying uh but is actually what they did they really feel that way or was it really tuesday on this day or was it really wednesday you have more of a blank canvas to to just paint with yeah 
this, the conversation took a very interesting turn, didn't it? We, we really started focusing on on this idea of you know traveling solo, traveling with other people. And I'm glad that we we took the turn. I'm curious as to whether you are enjoying this kind of undercurrent of reflection that we're seeing or that we saw in 2023. It remains to be seen whether that continues into 2024. But, you know, I know that your writing style and my writing style, as far as travel narratives, tends to be quite different. You know, I do, I think, tend to be a little bit more reflective, whereas you tend to really hone in on the experience and the place and those kind of heavy descriptions that are really lovely and focus the story in a different way than I maybe tend to focus the story. So I'm curious about just your opinion or your feeling about that particular pattern that we saw. Yeah. Um, I think that there's a huge amount of merit in travel story that reflects travel story that describes not just the immediate place, but also the emotional texture and context of it there. I do think there is a risk that the navel gazing element overpowers the more real, more direct experience. Sometimes it's necessary that it does so. Um, but then you can stray away from it being strictly travel writing if you do that. I mean, that's fine. We're not the genre police. But I think that sometimes you don't have to explain everything to the reader and you can let them just come with you for a walk and see the place and have it that moment with you without all of this context and sometimes you do need that context because otherwise the story wouldn't make any sense or because that's actually the story what's going on inside is actually the interesting thing and the travel experience is just a framework for that so i think both styles the the more direct style and the more reflective style can produce excellent writing i think the direct style risks if not done well, being being shallow and being boring, not giving the reader a reason to care. And the the other style of risks, yeah, being a little bit too self-focused. And we, we definitely see submissions that go too far in either of those directions. I agree. I think that that's a really concise and nice way to put it. I'm curious about, you know, we can't see the future, but I wonder what you maybe hope to see in 2024, what you expect to see or are we just going to enjoy whatever happens in the travel writing space? <laughs> we'll enjoy whatever happens. But I, I hope it's going to be a, we might look back on this with amusement, but but a fun year. I mean, I think the, the pandemic taught us to cherish travel and to take it extremely seriously, uh, which we do. But just because it's taken seriously doesn't mean it, it can't be a fun and joyful uh thing uh, my my worry is that the next layer and it's a very i discussed this on a podcast with tony fletcher a few months ago but all of the the climate anxiety that this will take the joy out of travel and of course we're going to travel conscientiously and intelligently and that will open up other avenues to see the world around us but i, I hope we can hang on to the to the real joy of it and i, I don't necessarily just mean the hedonistic joy of sort of party or tra vacation travel or the have as much of that as you can but also just the the fun of it like and capturing that fun and writing and maybe a little bit more i'd like to see a little bit more stories that make me laugh i think in the in the inbox i agree i agree um i think we may have lost a little bit of that sense of humor during the pandemic which is totally understandable um, you know, I think we need more of that. I think that 
you know, humor can be a really wonderful way to connect with, with ourselves as well. So, you know, if that undercurrent of, you know, reflection continues, adding a level of humor to that, I think would only enhance it. And we do, we've seen many stories that, you know, employ humor and try to tap into a sense of joy. And it really does. The stories end up being really fun and the reader can connect with that because I think people are craving that, you know, the world is a, is a tricky place and travel allows us to distance ourselves in some ways from all the, the complications, but, you know, reflecting on it in a way that brings joy and taps into this, the sense of happiness that travel does tend to naturally afford us. I would also like to see more of that. Uh, maybe we can offer a, a competition based around this idea to perhaps help people along. I, I think so. Yeah. What about you? Is there anything else you'd like to to see more of or less of? <laughs> I think that we have seen, and perhaps this is, you know, a perhaps a product of people couldn't travel for a while. So we've seen, I think, a lot of people going to places that they've been before. And more recently, we've started to see a couple stories come through from places that, you know, even I perhaps hadn't heard of. I think I would like to see more of that, just, you know, different, unique locations, which I think will probably start happening more naturally as people are getting back into the rhythm of travel. You know, they've had kind of a full year, if not more, to get back into the, the swing of travel in general. So perhaps 2024 is going to push people even more outside of their comfort zone, you know, into maybe places, countries, locations, buildings that they wouldn't have thought to, to explore before. Um, so I maybe have the feeling that that may happen. I just kind of hope it does. What about, you mentioned locations. Are there any patterns that you've noticed from that? I mean, just on recent ones, Africa is coming up quite a bit. We've had Kenya and South Africa. Of course, Europe will always be popular. We always get a lot of great pieces on Latin America, and they tend to be quite high quality just on the average. And that's certainly a part of the world that you're very familiar with. A couple with the Middle East, not a lot from um, my part of the world, the Ant Antipodes, New Zealand, Australia. Maybe that's something that I can work on. What do you think? Are there any patterns that you've noticed there? I feel like I've seen like quite a few islands pop up. I don't know why maybe yes, I've been working with, <laughs> with stories uh, revolving around islands recently. Um, you know, kind of like beach tropical themes have popped up a lot. That could, I think, be a product of people just like needed to relax <laughs> after all the stress of, of years of not traveling. So they, they sought out beaches. I think that, you know, kind of learning new skills, you know, kind of surfing and those kind of like water sports tend to be kind of easily accessible. So that could also be kind of why that theme popped up. Um, the other day, I don't know why I was looking, but I was trying to find stories from the United States and we don't have a lot, uh, which I don't know why I'm surprised by that, but maybe it's because a lot of the people who write for us are American. And so they tend to write about places that aren't the U.S. Um, I don't know why I'd like to see more from the U.S. Maybe I'm just feeling a little bit homesick, but you know, if anybody <laughs> wants to write about some travel in the U.S., I don't know, it'd be nice to see. Nathan seems to also be craving some from Australia and New Zealand. All right. So the challenge is out. Stories on Australia, New Zealand, and the United States, and we'll include Canada there too. I suppose sure. these are <laughs> obvious places, but less obvious travel destinations for 
folks from those parts of the world. And I think, well, I'm going back to New Zealand for the first time in a year or so next month uh, for a couple of weeks. I've never really managed to write or even really tried to write travel material on New Zealand. Writing about home could certainly be an interesting competition theme. I agree. I don't know. You know, do you think people that are may- maybe would feel tired of that? You know, they kind of had to write about home a bit like during the the years of the pandemic. But it could also be interesting now that we're out of the pandemic to force them to think about where they are and maybe where they've ended up in the time since. Yeah, definitely something to think about. Yeah, well, maybe we'll leave that one for 2025. And <laughs> let, pe- let people, you know, I'd love to see in 2024, I mentioned we get a lot of um, Latin America pieces. Here's a challenge. The right writer for this is out there. An ayahuasca story that is not boring. I don't know why. We get a lot of pitches about ayahuasca. I've been countered in many airports and places by people wanting to tell me their ayahuasca drinking stories. And I've, I've never had this experience myself. You'd think it would be a very interesting experience, but there's something in the retelling of it. It is never interesting. It is always t- incredibly tedious and pretentious the way people talk about it. So if someone can write a, an amusing and informative ayahuasca story that is not dull, um, then you're straight to the top of the publication queue. <laughs> I'm also thinking about a story recently published. I think the pronunciation will be Girivalum 46. I loved that story because, you know, we get so many submissions from India. People love to travel to India. And there's a lot of interesting content there, obviously. I mean, India is a fascinating country. But it had been a while since we saw a story from India that didn't feel stereotypical you know, it felt like that story took a new perspective. It really honed in on this one particular experience of, you know, walking around this mountain for, you know, 46 days in a row. And I would like to see maybe more of that, you know, people taking on perhaps places that a lot of people have been to, or maybe we've seen stories from these places, but trying to find a new way to go about it, you know, a new perspective or perhaps just honing in on something so specific that it feels really new and unique. I think that would be the challenge I would throw out to people. Okay. So folks have their challenges. Probably not best to combine the two. No. Okay. So um, I think we're going to have a very interesting year ahead, Jennifer. A huge thank you to to you for all your hard work. You're going to take a well-deserved break in January and February. So if folks notice that we're a little bit slower to reply during those months. Um, I'll start and try and stay across it though. Yeah, I am really excited to see what 2024 brings. I think it's going to be, I hopefully, like you said, a fun year. Um, I think it always is a fun year for us at Intrepid Times. We always really enjoy reading the submissions, publishing the submissions, working with writers, you know, doing the podcast has brought a lot of joy, I think, to, to Intrepid Times recently. I hope that we keep building on all those things in 2024. And I hope that people keep sending all of their amazing travel writing. That's really my only wish for, for 2024. Fabulous. Well, I echo that and look forward to reading much more. Thank you, Jen. Thanks, Nathan. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you listen. Don't forget to join us in two weeks for another exciting episode of the Travel Writing Podcast. See you next time.